Hello, is this thing on? Yes, it is. And we're back for another fun edition of Facts, Opinions, and Rants. On today's podcast, I'm going to go through a couple of the predictions I have for what's going to happen in two weeks. But also, I'm going to talk about a little topic before we jump into that. Is election denying? Is that a harm to our freedoms? No, no. How did Democrats say it? It's a danger to our democracy. Is that true? We're going to talk about it on Facts, Opinions, and Rants with Stephen D. Mosley. Stay tuned. Is election denying a threat to our democracy or a harm to our democracy, as one of my Facebook friends put it, and as Democrats are saying all the time now? Well, that's going to be the first part of our talk today. I'm going to go out on the limb and say, well, no, it's not. It kind of would hurt the uh, First Amendment if we uh, had something like that, where we say that saying something Promoting an idea harms democracy. It's kind of like, uh, you know, kind of weird to say that. No, it doesn't harm democracy. It may strengthen it. I'm going to talk about it uh, today. But is election denying a harm to our democracy? No. But let me tell you something. If it were, then Democrats would have no one to run for office. You say, Stephen, are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. When's the last time Democrats have accepted an election since 19, since in your lifetime? Okay, let's just say in the last 20 years. When is the last time that Democrats have accepted an election? By the way, all the facts, uh, there's a whole book written about how they rig elections and how they don't accept election results. They, what's the term? Election denying. It's called rigged by Molly Hemingworth. I encourage you to read that book. But it really t- points out that, yeah, the last time the Democrats accepted the election results was 1988. Yeah, when George H.W. Bush won the election. Yeah, I want you to think about that. So if election denies a harm to our democracy, and we should never vote for these people, and in some cases we should never debate these people, if that's the case, then make sure you apply that to Democrats. Because if you do, then none of them can really run for anything. All the big ones have already election denied. They have not accepted the election results since 1988. So in 2000, they said that George Bush was selected, not elected. 2016, they said that Donald Trump was an illegitimate president. That was not accepting results of the election. You know what? I want to ask you, did it hurt democracy when Mandate Terry, you know, I'm always picking on Mandate Terry because he wants to jab everybody in sight. When he refused to concede that George Bush not only won 2000 election, but he also thought George Bush stole the 2004 election versus John Kerry. Yeah. Instead, Democrats referred to Bush as selected, not elected. What about Hillary Rodham Clinton? Hillary Clinton said that Trump was an illegitimate president and pushed a Russian collusion hoax in 16. Yeah, she didn't accept her own loss. She even paid a third party to go and challenge the results. But my favorite part about that was when they challenged the results, she lost by more votes than she did the first time. So what does that tell you? They're even undercounting votes for Republicans. And did you hear this past week or about a week or so ago, Hillary Clinton said, hey, Republicans have a plan to steal the 2024 elections. So not only is she denying elections from 16 Not only is she uh, pushing a Russia collusion hoax to back up that false claim, she's also putting out ideas that the 2024 election is going to be stolen. Now, is she qualified to run for president? Now, what about uh, the lady who's running down in Georgia? Yep, mm -hmm, Stacey Abrams. She refused to concede when she lost to Brian Kemp, but overwhelmingly more people voted in that election, and Brian Kemp legally won. Did she concede? Nope. There is a 12-minute long video, courtesy of the GOP, that shows Democrats for the last 20 years denying election results, not certifying election results, in which they lost the Electoral College. So my question to you, friends, is this. Is election denying 
a danger to our democracy or a danger to our freedoms. No. But if it were, Democrats would be in danger of your freedom for the last 30 years. So, you know, the next time liberals or the left tell you something crazy, fact check them. Try to fact check them in real time. Remind them of the craziness they're saying now. It's stuff they literally supported. Hillary Clinton, like I pointed out, she said that it, Trump was an illegitimate president in 2016. Bush was selected, not elected. Joe Biden, he pushed the illegitimacy uh, belief in 2016 as he was running for president. So my question to you, my Democrat friends, did you vote for basement, Joe? Because if you did, you voted for election denier. Jimmy Carter, uh, 2016, didn't accept Trump. John Lewis, Sheila Jackson Lee didn't, didn't believe in 2004 Bush election, the one where he overwhelmingly defeated John Kerry. Yeah, didn't believe in that one. Or 2016 via objecting to certifying the election. Yeah, that's Sheila Jackson Lee. Jerry Nadler, 2004 and 2016. Mandate Terry, former governor of Virginia, 2000 and 2004. Stacey Abrams, Still, she still thinks she's the governor of uh, Georgia. And Jamie Raskin from Maryland did not accept the 2000 election. Nancy Pelosi did not accept the 2004 election. Danny Davis did not accept the 2004 election. And John Kerry's wife said that John Kerry did not believe the 2004 election was legit. Bush was selected, not elected. Remember that? So I want to show you how election denying is not only, quote unquote, good for our democracy, but could have saved our country from a disastrous Democrat policies with today's fact of the day. Then, when we come back from the fact of the day, we'll discuss my election predictions. Today's fact of the day is brought to you by the book Rigged. It's Molly Hemingway's newest book, and it really goes through the history of, well, rigging elections. And this is really important when it comes to our talk on election integrity, election denying, or even just making sure that your election is truly secure. In Molly Hemingway's book, she talks about uh, Al Franken's, former Senator Franken, and how he stole the election in, in Minnesota. Most conservatives knew it at the time, but here is the facts. Uh, first off, I read from page uh, 14 onward. Elias, he got his reputation as a tenacious fighter in the recount business when he helped former Senator Harry Reid win a Nevada recount in 1998, holding his seat by just over 400 votes. He further cemented his legend when he ran Al Franken's 2008 recount in legal challenges, which overturned the results of the election and led to a radical transformation of the country. The day after the election, Franken had lost his race to Republican Senator Norm Coleman by only 727 votes. In swooped in Elias and his team of attorneys and experts who systematically set out to over the course of six months to turn the 727 vote loss to a 312 vote victory. The ultimate decision in Franken's favor gave Democrats supermajority in the Senate, which they used to enact sweeping health care legislation known as Obamacare. Flip over to the next page, page 16. The Republicans in Minnesota, meanwhile, were playing catch up. More than a year later, the Wall Street Journal reported that a conservative group had combed through the criminal records and found that at least 341 convicted felons illegally voted in the state's largest uh, county and another 52 had illegally voted in the second largest county. Just these two counties alone had enough illegal votes to exceed the margin of Franken's eventual lead. But by that point, it was way too late. Franken's election affected the Senate monumentally, securing President Obama's 60th vote that made it possible to pass a filibuster-proof legislation, which was Obamacare. Whether you're for Obamacare or, or against Obamacare, that's not the point. The point is twofold. One, denying elections 
is a part of the American process. And wanting election integrity is crucial to our democracy. Al Franken should have never been allowed to be senator, should have never voted for Obama. He should not have been the 60th vote. He lost on election night, and he actually lost that race. But if we don't have it in the moment, it is too late. Well, it's any, as I say every week, you know, the facts, opinions, or answers that you hear here are totally mine, do not necessarily reflect the views of Molly Hemingway. So please send positive feedback to her, get her book rigged, and send any hate mail to me at mrstephenmosley at gmail.com. And now let's get back to the podcast. Hello, and I also want to give a shout out to my friends at frcaction.org as they have everything you need for to get ready for this uh, November's elections. If you want to know where the candidate stands on the issues, head on over to frcaction.org slash 2022 and it will you look up your state. You click on the links there. It will show you where Democrats stand, where Republicans stand, where everybody stands on the issues. So you can make an intelligent vote this November and not an emotional pool. So uh, let's jump into the elections and my predictions. So let me talk about this. First off, let's make sure we understand the current lay of the land. Democrats control the House, 221, and you need 218 to control it. So it's a slim majority Democrats have. Democrats and independents control the Senate because it is a 50-50 split, which means, as you know, the president of the Senate is the vice president of the United States, Kamala Harris. So Kamala Harris is the deciding vote right now. And as you know, baseman Joe Biden, no matter if you believe he stole the election or not, he controls the executive branch. He will be president for two more years. So let me give you my predictions. First off, I want to say this. The Republicans will take back the House. Of course they will. The current makeup is 221 to 212. 218 needed for majority. Real clear politics have the GOP taking back the House at 225. I believe Republicans will have at least 10-seat majority. I think they're going to get to 228 at least. Uh, Here are a few races I would love for you to watch on election night. And by the way, I forgot to say this. Happy Halloween, folks. Happy Halloween. Uh, If you don't celebrate, well, I do. Let me tell you why. I love dressing up. I love dressing up. And of course, you know, in the Mosley home, at least for this Mosley, it is a tradition. That however you dress up on Halloween is how you go and save the country on election day. You go dress up in that uh, uh, costume as well. And uh, spoiler alert, I will be Captain Picard for <laughs> Halloween. And even my boss said I can wear my costume to work. So how is that on Halloween? If you're watching, if you're listening to this on the first day it drops on Halloween, guess what? I'm looking sharp that day. Yeah, Captain Picard. But back to election results. So uh, I think, like I said, Republicans will take back the House. I believe they're going to have a 228 seat majority minimum. But here are a few races I'm watching for an election night. I want to talk about four of them. First off, two in the great state of Virginia. You know I got to look at Virginia. That's where I'm at. Yelsey Vega. Her seat went from lean blue, real clear politics, to toss up for Spanberger. You know what? And this is the thing. Spanberger refused to debate Yelsey Vega. This is a trend you're starting to see with Democrats. Some are starting to use preconditions for debates, such as if you don't stop denying the election of 2020, the insurrection, by gosh, I can't debate you. I'm sorry, that's not how debate works. A debate is one idea when we bring uh, ideas out, and this is why it's a good thing. By the way, it's a First Amendment thing. We said, Stephen, why do you actually think election denying is a good thing? You went through all these Democrats who denied elections and hurt the president, both Bush and Trump. Why do you think it's a good thing? Well, I, I think lying about an election, like, 
you know, Hillary Clinton did with the Russia hoax is terrible. I think all lying is terrible. But I think that freedom of speech is a good thing. So if you actually do believe the election was stolen, you should have the right to say it and bring your proof. And if someone believes that it's the most secure election in our lifetime, which is what we were told about the last election, yeah, the one where you're dropping ballots and unsecured drop boxes, mm-hmm, yeah, that one, you should be able to make that argument too. But I don't want to live in a country where I can only think and say one thing. I don't want to live in a country where, you know what, if Democrats win an election, by God, you better not challenge it. Or I'm not going to debate you. Or you shouldn't be able to run for office. Or if you exercise your First Amendment right to peacefully protest. If it was at the Capitol on, on, uh, on uh, January 6th, you're screwed. Whatever happened to when Democrats used to say that it was a quote-unquote mostly peaceful protest? Yeah, there are people who went to Capitol, broke the law, broke things, and broke people. Those people should be in jail. No one's doubting that. By the way, who died on, on the January 6th? All Trump supporters. Yeah, media doesn't tell you that, but it's true. But let's say Democrats died. Let's say let's say the worst thing imaginable happened. Democrats died that day. Should every person who went down to peacefully protest a stolen election be thrown in jail? Lose their job? Or not be able to run for office, which we saw earlier this year? Of course not. The First Amendment protects your right to do that. It does not protect your right to lewd. To, to take over areas like they did in uh, out west called, called it CHOP. Democrats did these things. Remember during the Summer of Love 2020? Most of them didn't go to jail. The law should be applied equally to everyone is what I'm trying to tell you right now. So if you break the law and you do not peacefully protest, you violently protest, you go to jail. Democrat, Republican, Independent, apolitical, does not matter. You go to jail, whether it's on January 6th or January 7th or anywhere in between January to December. You go to jail. But us debating the merits of the last election, why is that a threat to our democracy? How is that a threat to our democracy? That should be building our democracy. Because if it's such an easy thing to prove that the 2020 election was the most secure election in our lifetime, when someone brings up, like myself, I don't believe less. I don't believe I, I, I've run for office. And I know you cannot win an election from your basement. Say what you want about my opponent in that race. She at least came to debates. She was out there. I was out there. You don't win votes by staying in your basement. That's what Joe Biden did, by the way. Have you seen the president? They used to make this thing, it was like, oh, he has a stutter. Now they're actually starting to say, well, he might not be able to run the next time around because he's doing such a bad job. Well, yeah, because he's not fully there. You look at him, he's, he's cognizant, he, he is not there. President Biden is out to lunch. He is not there. There has to be someone there who is telling him what to say. And you don't believe me, watch him. Look at when he pulls the little card out of his pocket. They actually took a picture of it one time. And it said exactly what he's supposed to do. You say this. Next person says this. You say this. That's not someone who's healthy, folks. And if you actually believe because you're a Trump hatred that that man won more votes than Barack Obama from his basement, okay, you have a right to live in a dream world, but I don't have to go there with you. That's what democracy is. But me denying your favorite candidate's election results, that's not hurting your democracy. It's actually strengthening it, because if you can prove me wrong, go for it. 
light is the best disinfectant of lies. If you think I'm lying, if you think that I'm wrong, because you could be wrong and not lying, you know, you could honestly believe this, not believe it, it to be wrong, just like some people honestly believe George Bush didn't win 2000 election. But when someone proves it, I'm like, yeah, you recount the votes, George Bush wins, it's over. Unfortunately, because of the most secure election in our lifetime, we didn't have the ability to do that. So anyway, here are some races I'm watching for on election night, November 8th. Yelsey Vega. I believe she's going to defeat Spamberger um, because Spamberger refused to debate her in, in District 7. Why? Because Larry O'Connor, one of my favorite radio personalities on WMAL uh, here locally, he was supposed to be a moderator for the debate. Larry O'Connor is fair. He has liberals on his program, conservatives on his program. But you know what? Liberals are not used to getting questions from real conservatives. They're using questions from like Meghan McCain conservatives, you know, the never Trumpers. The people who are like, ah, I don't really like Donald, his mean tweets, yada, yada, yada. They're not used to getting questions from people like me. And Larry O'Connor, he would be giving questions like me. And so Spanberger decided she wasn't going to debate her. And that, my friends, is what put this debate, uh, this race from leans blue to toss up. Yelsey Vega has run a Christian conservative race. And I believe God will reward her for it. She, I think she'll win on election night. Another person in Northern Virginia, Hung Cow. His race went from, a, uh, went from blue to leans blue against Jennifer Wexon. See, Democrats had to defend, well, their record. And really, Democrats, they haven't done anything for us. They've, they've put money into a war no one wants. They've raised gas prices, gave you the largest tax in your lifetime with the inflation. They've made us energy dependent instead of independent. And what do you know? In about 30 days, yeah, there's allegedly not going to be enough diesel left. So goodbye Christmas. That's the Democrats' record. So Hong Kao in, in Virginia 10, I believe he's going to defeat Wexon. Maya Flores, state of Texas, 34. A Republican had not won that seat in over 100 years. Maya Flores, first Republican to bring it up in a special election. She's going to take on Gonzalez. And even though it looks like Gonzalez could win, I am pulling for Maya Flores, and I'll be watching this race. I think Maya Flores, not only would she be the first Republican who's won 100 years, her first Republican to maintain in 100 years. And then finally, Alaska, Sarah Palin. You say, Stephen, Sarah Palin? Yeah, Sarah Palin is running for Congress in Alaska. As you know, they have one seat in Alaska, and it's a statewide race for this one congressional seat. And, of course, they had to do something stupid. You say, Stephen, what's that? My friends, have you ever heard of ranked choice voting? Probably not. I never heard of it until I moved to Northern Virginia. A couple years ago, they ran a, a District 10's congressional race um, in a ranked choice voting method. Let me tell you how ranked choice voting works, because here's what it is. It's really the party saying we don't trust the voters and we don't trust the politician or the candidate to win voters. So we're going to manipulate it for them. You say, well, how did they do that? Glad you asked. Well, what they do is they find a quote unquote consensus candidate and that becomes the candidate. So here's how the process works. So let's say, like in Alaska, you have four candidates that want to be the congressional uh, representative for Alaska. You have a Democrat, two Republicans, Sarah Palin, some other guy, and an independent. They're all running to be the congr congressman or congresswoman from Alaska. Well, what you're going to do is on election day, you know how you usually go into the polls and you vote for one of them? You know, you circle one. Yeah, the one. Yeah, that doesn't. that's not how ranked choice voting works. So this is how ranked choice voting works. You first select your first choice. Okay, so obviously for me, it would be Sarah Palin. I would bubble in Sarah Palin. And then next to that, they have, they have a, a second column. And what I'm supposed to do in the second column is I have to vote for a different person. Now, I could leave it blank 
and vote for nobody else. But obviously, if I do that, I give up my opportunity to say, well, if my first choice doesn't win, here's my second choice. Okay. It's not over yet. Mm -mm. So you, you bubble that in if you choose to do it. And then you go to your third column, right? And then you say, well, if my first choice doesn't win and my second choice doesn't win, you, you see where this is going, right? What would your third choice be? Yeah, so you circle that in. And then obviously, in this case, the last person would be your last choice. You could bubble that in. Well, here's what happens with ranked choice voting. In ranked choice voting, you have to win by 50% plus one. So yeah, under these definitions, if we were doing a popular race, let's pretend for a moment uh, the presidency was won by a popular race. I know it's not. It's run by Electoral College, which is why Republicans have won uh, in my adult lifetime. But let's just pretend for a moment that popular race was how it was how the presidential race was run did you know that if these type of rules were applied to the presidential race which by the way some people do want ranked choice voting for presidential races bill clinton would have never been a president of the united states conservatives are probably thinking well that's a good thing but i really want to challenge that for a moment bill clinton whatever you think about bill clinton he was a consensus candidate yes not really a crazy liberal like barack obama and the rest of the democrats today because he looked at polls and said, hey, I got to work with New Gingrich and balance the budget first time in your lifetime, right? Bill Clinton never won his presidency by more than uh, by uh, more than 50%. He never got 50%. Go back and Google it. He never did. But shouldn't he have been the president? I understand. Uh, it's not by popular vote. I'm just saying if it were. Bottom line I'm asking is this. If you win on election night, if you win, if you win the most votes, shouldn't you shoot in these congressional races? Shouldn't you win? I think yes. But the people of Alaska a couple of years ago voted for this weird ranked choice voting. So let me explain how it will work. Um, basically, they'll do the first tally. And, you know, after 15 days after the election in Alaska, it takes a while for them to get it all in. But they'll tabulate all this. So what will happen is the, they'll, they'll tabulate the first column. And most likely, because it's one Democrat running, two Republicans and an independent running, the Democrat will probably win the first uh, the first column. You say, Stephen, well, isn't that what you aren't you happy for ranked choice voting? Because that means uh, Sarah Palin still has a chance. No, I actually hate ranked choice voting. It's terrible. If the Democrat wins, she should win. But here's what will happen next. Because she doesn't win by 50 percent. The loser, whoever got the least amount of votes on that first round, they're eliminated. And then we recount for the second round who everyone picked. So then from there, we would recount it. And then if someone doesn't get 50%, we do it all over again. We, we get rid of the person who was the third loser. And then we go against the first two. And then from there, obviously, somebody's going to get uh, 50%. Now, this complicated method usually brings up a rhino or a Democrat. That's why Democrats love it. I don't love it, but I do think it could be a, a way that works out for Sarah Palin. She might win on the second or third round. Uh, I don't see her winning on the first round, but I do think she will bring home Alaska. Okay, let's hit the Senate race. Right now, the makeup is about 50-50. So if you look at the Senate race right now, or the U.S. Senate, it is uh, 48, I'm sorry, 50 uh, Republicans and 50 Democrats or Independents that uh, caucus together. And the Democrats... You know, here's the thing. I think Democrats are going to win the Senate. You say, what? What happened to that red wave? I think Republicans ruined it by not fighting on right to life, fighting on election integrity, fighting on all the issues that really matter and the issues that are mattering to your pocket. I think Republicans ran scared. I think when you run scared, you end up losing elections. So I think Democrats will actually win the U.S. Senate. I believe the Republicans, I, I think the Democrats will actually get 51 seats, uh, 51 to, to uh, uh, I guess that would be 49. Um 
because I think we have a, a bad issue where we think celebrity candidates are the way to go. So in Pennsylvania, we gave that away. Yeah, we gave Pennsylvania away. Oz can't beat a half-dead guy. Sorry, it's true. I hope I hope Fetterman recovers, but he definitely shouldn't be in the Senate, but he will be. Because uh, if you look at the polls, yeah, Oz is doing better, but Fetterman's still winning. I haven't seen one poll where really Oz is winning by 2.5% or more. So uh, Fetterman, don't know what he's going to do in the Senate, but he's going to be the next senator from Pennsylvania. That's a race we should have easily won. If we had Kathy Barnett, we would have. Uh, J.D. Vance, Ohio. Um, so the interesting thing with Ohio and Utah, I want you to watch these two races because I do believe that the ironic part here is these, there's two never Trumpers who became Trump advocates like myself who are running. And I believe both of them will win. They both have Trump's endorsement, JD Vance in Ohio and Mike Lee from Utah. Mike Lee is going against a rhino never Trumper, not a never Trumper who realized when Trump was conservative, okay, he's good. No, a never Trumper like Liz Cheney, never Trump who like wants to destroy everybody who is not for, who is for Trump, not just give it to Trump, but destroy everyone who's, who's not for, uh, who is for Trump. And that's how you have Mike Lee's opponent. Yeah. Evan McMullen. Oh, you may remember Evan McMullen. Yeah, he ran in 2016 to, quote, unquote, save the conservative movement. Yeah. How is he saving the conservative movement by going against one of the most conservative senators in the Senate? Because he's definitely not a conservative, he being Evan McMullen. But I say watch these two races because the thing is here, everyone's uh, on election night, I think here's what's going to happen. The news is going to be like, oh, my gosh. Joe Biden's a genius. Joe Biden saved the Senate. The Democrats were going to lose this election. As the economy is recovering, Joe Biden, he did it. The Democrats, they did it. And Trump is gone forever. Because you know what? Ah, this was endorsed by Trump and he's gone. I think down in Georgia, we're going to lose that one too. And he's gone. Trump's gone forever. I think that's what the whole thing's going to be for election night. But what it should be is this. Races where you had Trump advocates who had a proven track record of being conservative are going to win over rhino paid Republican establishment types in Utah and against Democrats in Ohio. That's the real message. You're not going to hear on election night, but that's what I, I predict. J.D. Vance and Mike Lee winning their states, Ohio and Utah Senate. Blake Masters and uh, Arizona and Nevada, Adam Lazolt. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Here's the thing. I think they're both going to lose. You say, Stephen, what? Blake Masters got some good support right now. I said, yeah, the problem is they both shied away from the pro-life message. They sent mixed signals to the base, and that lets us know you're not serious about it. And you're not serious about it. We're not serious about you. So they're going to lose their Senate race. And by the way, those should have been two easier seats, that two seats we easily won. So if you're making count, yeah, that's one, two, three, four, five seats we should have won. We're only going to win two of them. In Georgia, which should have been the sixth easy seat we would have won, um, Herschel Walker. I think he's going to win on election night, but he's going to lose in a runoff. Because Georgia has one of those weird rules as well, which if Bill Clinton would have ran in Georgia, he never would have been president. Yeah, that's right. In Georgia, you have to win 50 plus one. If you don't, it goes to a runoff election. Democrats do better at runoff elections than Republicans. They keep the momentum up. So Herschel Walker will win on election night and then lose in a runoff, which means Satan's profits going back to the Senate. So, yeah, like I said, Democrats, they're going to gain a seat. U.S. Senate's going to be 51, 49. I know we got to finish this up. So let me say, as Mark Levin say, hold on now. <laughs> yeah, one more going. He said, we got one more. Where? Governor Mansions. Governor Mansions are going to go Republican. I think Republicans will keep the majority of Governor Mansions. They have, uh, I think, 28 to 22 now. I think they'll end with uh, 24 or 25 um, Governor Mansions. 
Uh, I think you're going to see Bingo Bob lose to to uh, Wheels in Texas. You're going to see uh, the former Democrat, former Republican, former Independent Charlie Crist lose to America's governor, uh, Ron DeSantis. You're going to see uh, Stacey Abrams lose to Brian Kemp again. But I think Brian Kemp's going to win on election night. I think he'll have 50 plus one. Arizona, this is the race I want you to watch. These are the races I'm watching. Arizona, I want you to watch this one. Carrie Lake, the biggest defender of election integrity and how the 2020 election results are a little screwy, as I would say. She is going to defeat Hobbs because Hobbs, yet again, refused to debate. They could not debate on any issues. I want you to ask yourself, are you more educated about topics when Democrats refuse to debate Republicans? Is that really better for our democracy? Because they refuse to debate an election denier like Carrie Lake. Or is it hurt your democracy, hurt transparency, and hurt your ability to understand what's really going on. Mm-hmm. And then in Michigan, uh, Dixon versus Whit- Whitmer. I think Whitmer may hold on there, but I am looking at that race. So there you have it. There you have it. Election night's going to be fun. The GOP takes the House by more than 10 seats, my prediction. U.S. Senate, Democrats take the majority and increase their majority, 51-49. Governor Manchin's GOP may lose a few, but keep the majority. And I want you to look at the one uh, race that matters, Arizona. Because Arizona, the biggest Trump supporter there is in election integrity, Carrie Lake, pro-Trump, anti-fake news, is going to win that election hands down. Thank you for joining me on this edition of Facts, Pains, and Rants. Man, time flies when you're having fun. Well, as always, the Facts, Pains, and Rants are totally mine. And I want to say... Let's make sure we put faith over party, fact over fiction, faith over everything. And I'll see you next time in a couple of weeks on Facts, Pains, Rants with Stephen D. Mosley.